Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. Many of you know, we grew up in church, church babies, you know, singing in a choir, helping, serving in every ministry, playing music, I was a musician, all the whole thing like that. And after thinking and growing, it's very easy to assume a knowledge that you don't really have. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to assume, oh, okay, I'm saved. Um, so I know what it is to pray and just believe that everything's going to be okay. I know who I am because well, I'm a part of the church. And Let me, let me say, yeah, go ahead. Less knowledge and more understanding. So mm-hmm. there's a temptation to assume more understanding. Because right. we have the knowledge, the head knowledge, but the understanding and the connection that comes through experience and that comes through like real authentic relationship that there's a disconnect, yep. you know, sometimes with yep. people like us that yep. have grown up in it because you know it, but do you understand it? And is it in like, is it in you? Because what's in you will come out. Yeah. And I'm sure you can probably say the same thing. It wasn't until the right problem came up, the right issue, the right circumstances came up. And it's like, okay, why is this not working? Or (laughs) why don't I know what to do? Well, you should know what to do. Have you been in it? The problem is, like you said, it's understanding. And first of all, understanding what comes with this package of salvation. What do I have access to? What can I confidently pray about? What does it mean to really be a Christian? What was God's definition of that? Today, we wanted to focus on what is our responsibility to who we are? Because if we understand who we are, we're coming into a a knowledge of who we are. Then the next step of that would be, how do I respect it? Right? Because if I respect it, that means I'm taking the time to do certain things to honor it. So we wanted to go through, just breeze through Ephesians 4, and that's going to kind of be the backbone. The first three verses are going to kind of be the backbone, and we'll jump around and probably highlight some other verses along the way, just to kind of highlight what we're going to talk about today, which is going to be our responsibility to this identity. So uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 in the Amplified says, So I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. With all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control, with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love, Make every effort to keep the oneness of the spirit in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. Hmm. Okay. That's a whole lot, right? That's, that's a whole lot. So I love how this starts, right? Paul reminds us from the gate that I am a prisoner of the Lord right. appealing to you 
to walk worthy of what you now know you are. Now, I think this is amazing because like we said, Paul is writing all of these glorious things from a place that doesn't necessarily feel glorious. And I think a lot of us can probably relate to the fact that Christianity or a life that God calls for sometimes requires us to reach for the value of a situation, reach for the glory of a situation when we're not in a glorious position. The ability to be able to know who you are and know that your situation is temporary or is being used by God, that you can still articulate who you are to the encouragement of other people, despite the situation that you're in, speaks very highly to the truth that Paul is talking about. So he's saying, listen, I'm writing you from jail, okay? And I'm begging you to walk worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons of God's service. Once God calls you his, He now is watching to see if you receive that call, receiving that call to be his, receiving that identity to be his now requires us to do some things and not do some things. Right now, there's a line here. Got to be careful that we're not doing things out of uh, our own ambitions or out of our own idea of what um, we think we should do, because then. That goes the checklist. You'll start to start crediting your own righteousness according to what you did and didn't do. Pride is definitely something as human beings we need to watch out for because we always innately want to take credit for stuff. So what Paul is basically saying here is there is a calling to walk worthy of Christ's identity. Right. So that means there's a challenge to all of us to not live in the same ways that we were living before we found out who we really were. I was going to say it a little earlier, but Mm -hmm. the fact that he said he's a prisoner of the Lord or for the Lord. Mm. So he technically like literally is a prisoner at this point. Yes. But he's also a spiritual prisoner because, Mm. you know, Paul has wrote, Paul wrote a large majority of the new Testament. Yeah. And, and there's a thread, a common thread in, in his books where he basically, I guess you could say he minimizes himself and he, he makes sure to emphasize the fact that he in and of himself as a fleshly fallible man, in essence, he's a prisoner of Christ and of Christ's standards. Mm-hmm. So basically he's saying in essence, I'm a prisoner for God. Now, some people may look at it and go, oh, I don't that's see, that's why I don't I don't want to be a Christian. And that's why I don't want to get saved because mm. I don't want to give up my life and I don't want to give up my freedoms. And I don't. And you will look at it like being a, a prisoner of Christ is a negative thing. But really, you're I mean, either way, you're a prisoner to something. Either you're a prisoner to sin and a slave to sin or you are a slave to Christ. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I, I just thought it, mm-hmm. it, it was important to highlight the fact that he's a prisoner or a slave to Christ. And yeah. that's that's what we if we're called out of darkness into God's marvelous light, then we're no longer a slave to sin, but we're a slave to Christ. Right. And that, that word slave 
you know, has a connotation of like, yeah. no, you know, you have no control. You have no free will. You eat when I say, you sleep when I say, you know, you're rationing some bread and water when you want. And abuse. And, and, and it has abuse. the connotation of abuse. Yeah. But, but, but at the same time, on the other side of it, it's like, well, you don't have to take care of yourself. You're being provided for and all that kind of stuff too. Slave in this connotation is not necessarily meaning uh, slave in that sense. Slave more so, more so means servant. So it more so means my sustenance, my resources come from the Lord. Like I'm tied to the Lord. I'm tied to his will. I'm tied. And he's my master, meaning I do what he says. I've yielded my will to his and I serve the Lord. My energy and my work, my strength, everything is allegiance Mm -hmm. to him. To God. Because like I said, either you're a slave to sin or you're a slave to You're going to be a slave to something. But you are a slave. Whether you realize it or not, if you are in a life of sin, then you are a slave to that right? or a prisoner to that. But when you come into the knowledge of Christ and you accept him, now you're a slave or a prisoner to Christ. But it's not a bad thing because with that comes all these liberties and stuff. See, that's the thing. The freest place to be is to be in Christ. If the Lord designed us, he created us, wouldn't it be easier to just live life according to the blueprint he originally created us for us right. try, instead of trying to figure out our way? So this part is really powerful here. Okay, walking worthy of what God has called you to do. What does that mean? How do you do that? Basically living a life that expresses gratitude for the magnitude of what God has done for you. Like that is simple, right? We always try to make it something that is that is bigger than that. Like if you understand the magnitude of God's grace towards you. And all of those spiritual blessings that we talked about last week, like even in this climate where a whole bunch of things are going on politically, a whole bunch of things are going on in the realms of the uh, of the unseen worlds. All the stuff is happening that we don't know. We are we are almost like prey to the virus and all this other stuff going on. But the Bible told us last week in Christ that Christ has dominion over all governments, all rulers all powers of the world now and the world to come. Mm. So now I'm thinking, okay, fine. I'm not an American. I'm a Christian. I mean, I'm an American, but I'm a Christian <laughs> first. first. Like, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm African American. Okay, fine. But uh, I'm a Christian first, right? So now your Christianity becomes the top of the tier so that that is now the new standard for living, right? So now... You see the value of coming into Christ and because you see the value of it, you become grateful for it. The fact that you couldn't buy salvation, the fact that it was given to you mm-hmm. before you would even know to receive it. Right. It was already wrapped up and tied up and completed. And God had already preordained in his mind that he was going to make a connection with you in your life and give you an opportunity to choose to come alongside God, your life has been set up to meet God. But it wasn't because you planned it. It's because God was coming after you. So he's saying, in order for you to appreciate this life and walk worthy of it, that basically means that you are living a life that expresses gratitude for the magnitude of what he has done for you. 
I, th I think about like, you know, the example comes to mind, like somebody paying for somebody's college tuition, like all four mm -hmm. years up front, like, mm -hmm. and okay. they, they don't tell the person and the person goes through the process of applying to the college. You know, they fill out their paperwork or whatever, and they get to the bursar's office and they say, oh, well, you, your, your tuition's already been paid for. Mm. Like, you're good. You don't have to worry about books, room and board. Like every, everything is taken care of. All you have to do is learn. How would you feel as that as that student entering into into the college and going to classes and, and doing what you have to do? Like, would you live or would you conduct yourself and uh Yes. Appre truly appreciate the gift that was given to you and do the absolute best you can or would you squander the the privilege and mm -hmm. the opportunity that was afforded to you without you doing anything for it or even what would your posture be towards that person right like how would you look at them would you would, would you want to I would think at least for me I mean I can't speak for everybody because there are some people that would squander it but for me I would think the best way for me to show that I am appreciative to them for what they did was to do good, mm -hmm. conduct myself on campus mm -hmm. to the best of my ability with That's respect, yeah. to be involved in everything I could be involved in so that I could, you know, reach as many people and just experience the whole thing and immerse myself in the experience. You know, I mean, it's a loose example, but, no, you know, example, it, it yeah. just makes me think of the fact that we've been afforded this privilege and opportunity through Christ and we have access to a new life. So now how are we going to handle that? Mm -hmm. What are we going to do with it? That's beautiful. And I think all of us can relate even to that analogy. I'm the feeling. Right. The fact that what well, you paid, you paid like a full ride, like seriously, like not because because you owe my parents something. So you wanted to just bless me because there was a string like you just doing this just because you just felt like doing it for me for no reason. Like, OK. All right. Well, well man. OK. All right. Well, thank you. Like, first of all, you're not going to be able to say thank you enough. First of all, first of all, thank you is not going to be enough. And the person you're not going to be able to pay the person back, but you're going to feel like you should. You're going to want to feel like you should. So that is the feeling of devotion to God, where it's like, man, God, you wait, hold on a second. Wait, you created the heavens and the earth and then man messed up. So now we're separated from you. So everybody that's born is born in sin and born on their way to hell. Mm -hmm. Right. So it doesn't matter if I even messed up like everybody's on there. But you so wait, hold on. So then you sent Jesus to come down to to get spit on and beat up and 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 lied on and 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 die for me and right raise so that I can be with you but and it, you mean and you mean that's for people that don't know you too like wow wow god and i pray that a wow god would hit all of our lives yeah like even through this series like well, I get we get all of this through Christ. Are you kidding me? Like, it's not just about not going to hell and just avoiding sin and just following the Ten Commandments and all that. 
You mean that God has given us power that supersedes the world that we live in right now? That he can give us access to wisdom and knowledge that we might be able to live lives that are extraordinarily powerful, that are blessings to the world? Are you kidding me? Like, that's my prayer, that through this series we can see the grandeur and the glorious power that God has bestowed upon us just because we are in Christ. Then he says in in verse two, with all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. With all humility, forsaking self-righteousness, meaning now that you know who you are, now that you come into all this money, let's just keep that analogy going. You don't got to go to the bursar's office. School's already paid for. You don't got to worry about doing no fastfuls and all that stuff every year, wondering how much money you're going to get if you're going to get any and having to write no essays for no scholarships every year or whatever. You got a free ride. So the temptation is, okay, I'm just in here right now. The money that I would have had to pay for school, I just use it and indulge in other things. And I'm walking around with a self-righteous spirit as if it was my own power that got me there. Paul is saying... Listen, looking at everybody else struggling, working to pay their tuition. Yours is paid. So now you walking around looking at everybody else like your tuition is not paid. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. I'm good. (laughs) No, you're not. You're not really good because you didn't do it. Right. So like, let's just walk softly. All humility. It was not you that did it. Right. So it's done. That's but it wasn't you. That's it. That's it. And that's what we have to be careful about. We have to be careful about that because once God says you are my child and this is what you got. Yeah. Or it's very easy to be like religious. Yeah. And to be like, hmm, I know more. I did this because once again, takes us back to the beginning. The level, the playing field is level. Doesn't matter how long you've been doing this thing has doesn't matter. We are all saved by grace. And sometimes when you come into a knowledge that other people are not haven't arrived to yet, whether it's been all your life or whether you've just come into that knowledge, sometimes there is a temptation to be like, yeah, you don't know this. What's wrong with you? And you you start looking down on them like like SMH, man. Right. You, You don't know yet. Like, could you not know that? Like, why are you not? And right. I mean, and that that's natural because you, you've come into uh, an illumination that, mm-hmm. you know, you want everybody else to experience. But at the same time, everybody is not at the place where they're able to, you know, be fully drawn. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ has to draw them and they have to be in a place to be drawn. And everybody's not at that place at that time. So, you know, you, you want to be careful that you don't even fall into self-righteousness with that because yep. you're like, well, I got it already. I, like, I know the truth now. And you, you look down on the people that haven't gotten to that place yet. Like, we all need to just walk with the, the level of humility and realize that we're all yeah. on a path. That's right. That's right. So it's humility. He's saying gentleness. He's saying maintaining self-control. He's saying now with patience, like you just said, babe, bearing with one another, whether they get it or not, whether they accept it or receive it or not. God is really encouraging us to maintain the place of humility in that. Remember, this is not about you. This is about all of you 
but it's because of me. And if we maintain that level of humility, it'll allow everybody the opportunity to feel like they can also come in. If the measuring stick is the Lord and the measuring stick is Christ, then Christ has to be the measuring stick and not us. The whole point is this whole thing here, this whole idea, this whole um, identity in Christ thing is something that once God gets us to a place of understanding it, it's our obligation to share it with those others who are also in Christ. Because the point is God wants us all to know about this so that we can be one body. Right. Because our oneness is not predicated on anything else but this. Right. It's not predicated on what church you go to. It's not predicated on what, when you got saved, how old you were, your color of your skin, your, your political party. It doesn't, the oneness comes from Christ. And once you get that revelation of who Christ is and what that means, it is imperative that we, who have come into that knowledge, share it with those around us with patience with gentleness, with self-control, bearing with one another in unselfish love. And then the third verse says, make every effort to keep this oneness of the spirit in the bond of peace. Each individual working together to make the whole successful. Right. And we were talking about, you know, and that, that analogy also last time with, with uh, Voltron. Mm-hmm. And how we each have different individual roles. So God has an individual purpose for each of us, right? But from God's point of view, that individual piece is actually connected to a bigger piece, right? So to each other, we may look like, okay, this is what God has put me in the kingdom. This is what I'm doing for the Lord. This is what I'm doing for the Lord over here. This is my gift. This is your gift. And it may look like individual things. But if it's in the spirit by which God has ordained in Christ, when you zoom up from a heavenly view and God looks down, he sees a body. He sees one organism working to relay his godness in the earth. That's what's key is the fact that we don't have the vantage point to be able to accurately judge or determine who's who. You may be able to identify certain parts oh he must be an arm or you know i can see what he's doing for the body of christ you know he's a he's a a functioning part of the body but truthfully we don't have the vantage point because we're not zoomed out Mm -hmm. with the aerial view that god has to be able to determine who's who and what function they really truly have like we can guess or assume but only he knows what function each person has and what part they play. So it's, it's not for us to sort of look at them, look at a person and go, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. because I think they're supposed to be an arm when truly God made them a kidney. Right. Like, right. I mean, I'm, I'm using those examples of body parts, but the point is you can't necessarily accurately determine what those parts are that's that's left up to God. And how silly is it for your arm to be like literally talking to another part and saying, "You ain't supposed to be that." <laughs> that's weird. Right? That's strange. And and this is the thing to encourage each and every one of us. And this is why and you said it before, uh babe, that when God puts something um in your life to do or when he calls you to do something, 
it is such a precious thing. Like it's such a sacred thing because God designed you to accomplish something that no one else can do the way he designed you to do it. And it doesn't matter how big it is or small it is. There are people who are running multi-million dollar industries, right? But to God, what's that? God's running the universe. What is it? So what? Then you got some people who are running one operation, but running it so consistently and so meticulously that to God, they're doing even more work than the person who is running a multi-million dollar business. There's no little eyes and big U's with God. The most important worship that we can give to God is coming into an understanding of what do you have for me to do, Lord? What is your purpose for my life? And pointing your life towards searching that out. Giving yourself to the word, giving yourself to prayer, giving yourself to community, opening up your heart and mind to the possibility that there's more to my life than my everyday routine. And then just keeping the mindset that whatever you're doing, you're working towards the success of the whole. Exactly. The whole is the body of Christ. Amen. Everything you're doing is working towards the success of that. So whether that is simply every day, the same grocery store you go to talking to the cashier and giving them little nuggets and witnessing to them little by little. Or a smile. It, like, that, and that's Those what stuff I, are major, though. That's major stuff in this climate. Like, I think back to the, the, the example of the bookcase. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you have certain parts of the bookcase that people will automatically assume are the most important. But it's the little pegs in the holes that are holding the shelves up mm. that are just as vital. Because mm. otherwise you have shelves that are not held up. And it's still not functioning the way it was supposed to function. Mm-hmm. So, again, like keeping that mindset that what we're doing is we're working in love, mm-hmm. but we're working towards the success of the whole body. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you. We praise you for this day. We thank you, God, for this time that you have blessed us to have. And we thank you, God, for Every request, every prayer request that we continue to trust you in these days that are uncertain, that we continue to believe and be reassured that you have a plan for our lives that supersedes our wildest dreams, that you came chasing after us before we even knew who you were. We thank you, Lord, for this series and how you're helping us to understand who you are and who we are and what that means. God, we pray for ourselves and every listener, even right now, that you would cause us to come into a new revelation of our responsibility to the identity that we have in Christ. That we might truly reflect the oneness of the body of Christ in this earth. So that we'd have the boldness to be all that you have called us to be. That we not settle for any less. So we pray your blessing on every single person. Lead us, Lord. Continue to show us ourselves as we draw ourselves closer to you. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name.
We hope you've been blessed by what we share. You can follow us at Sunday Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook, where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.